This is the Cleveland Real Estate Investor Podcast. And on this episode, Mike Riley and Mike Ferrante revisit the topic of property managers, wholesalers, the importance of having a property manager before buying a property, and more. All right. Hi, everybody. This is Mike Riley. And uh, with me is my uh, fellow amigo in the real estate world, Mike Ferrante. Mike, good morning. Hey, thanks for having me again, Mike. Good to see you. All right. Figuratively. Hey, figuratively. Um, a couple things in our podcast today. First, I want to revisit people requesting property managers because we're getting a lot of phone calls the last uh, couple months. We're, we're directing uh, people to um, our podcast on property managers, but I thought I would just uh, summarize a few things. So Mike, I'd like you to kind of chirp in um, you know, your thoughts. But the first thing I've noticed with a lot of people who call in is that they have homes that are really unrentable. Duplexes in sketchy neighborhoods, houses that really are away from the action. I'm talking about places that are miles away from the Cleveland medical community or the universities. They're just out in Nowheresville. Your thoughts on that? Yeah, so I'd love to start by saying a little quote, and this is a Mike Ferrante original. I say that the manager is the gas that goes in the tank that makes the engine go. So you could have a great property, you could have a bad property, whatever, but if you have bad management in place, the car isn't going anywhere. So that's what I mean by that. It it is such a key, and it's one of the uh, things that a lot of investors miss the boat on. Um, but certainly the what you're talking about is lo- location, which as we know, the three most important things in real estate, location, location, location. Um, I think there's a lot to be said for picking a property that's in the right location for whatever it is that your goal is, because it makes everything easier. Right. Well, I would uh, make some amends to that, which would be, um, we, we want to make sure the, ho- the horse is in front of the cart. And what I've noticed is people have already bought the property and then they go looking for a property manager. Ugh, what a mistake. And uh, so I don't want people to think that um, Riley Properties are property managers. We are property financial planners. You come to us and you will, uh, and we charge a consulting fee for this, but we will direct you into the areas that are not only stable and rentable, but have a um, a good upside in terms of appreciation over the next couple of years. Your thoughts? Yeah, and some some kind of intrinsic value. You know, I love how you identify areas that have some sort of intrinsic value, so that you're finding the gold nuggets. You know, there you could go panning for gold for a long time, but you you know the gold nuggets are few and far be, between. And, and Mike, the other thing I know you, you you know tooting your own horn isn't necessarily your thing, but one thing I'll say about you and how you're different than these turnkey investment, real estate investment providers is that in a lot of cases, these turnkey providers, they provide the property and then they wash their hands of it. You know, you, you stay involved with your clients through thick and thin, you know, they, they buy a property with your help and you're there to help them maintain it. Now, obviously that's for a fee, you know, that's one of the businesses you're in is, is home maintenance. You are the home mechanics. If I can coin that, you know, use that phrase that you've coined, but you're there, you're there right by their side through their investment, which I think is really cool. Yeah, and I think what uh, I'm, what I'm, have developed over the last couple of years is that we're again this whole concept of investment managers. Uh, 
-hmm. we're almost running a closed fund here where we are not taking everybody and anybody, um, which I think a lot of property managers are more volume oriented. Um, That's right. And uh, you know, really you wake up and find that they're not real proactive. It's almost like you're going to Schwab and you're your own. I mean, yeah, Schwab will buy the stock for you, but Schwab's not going to be there and direct you into uh, overbought stocks or, or warn you that the market's about to crash because, uh, you know, the virus is coming. You know, they're, they're not going to do that. And a lot of most property managers are not proactive that way. We, we have developed a model where our job is to get you a return on investment over five years, period. That's, that's why you're buying real estate. You're not buying right. real estate to be a mogul here. Uh, or, or strut around somewhere in uh, California or Australia or England and say, oh yeah, I, I'm a landowner in the United States or I bought property in Cleveland. What does that mean? You know what? You might have bought garbage in Cleveland. Why don't you just say that? Um, yeah. So the, the whole key is to make sure that you are making a return on your money. Um, and so when we're talking to these people calling in, the first, they have to go through some gauntlets before they get to the place where we're actually doing consulting. And that's what this, this podcast, at least the front end uh, uh, of this is about. Go ahead. Yeah. I was going to say, uh, stated another way, you know, your objective is not to make another sale, to add another horse to the stable. Your objective is to find the people who are a good fit for your program and again, sit with them side by side through the period of, of their, their investment. So they're not just a number, you know, you've got this small sort of elite group of clients that you work with almost like a partner, you know, I, right. not a, a literal partner, but that's how you, that's how things are different. And I've seen management companies uh, that started in the early 2000s or late 2000s when this boom started happening and they've grown so big that much to my disappointment, their service has gone from pretty good to pretty bad. And that's what happens when uh, in some cases, I don't want to like bash all property managers, but what I've seen in general happen is that as these management companies get bigger and bigger and bigger, as will happen with a big company, the service gets worse and worse. Right. Well, I think it's almost like a restaurant uh, business. You know, we're a, we have a very small niche restaurant, very good food, very good service, but we're not franchising that. We're, uh, we're sticking to our knitting. We're, we're evolving this business in a, in a quality manner. Now, yep. what one thing that has changed in the last couple months, and this is very interesting. Um, you know, we've been working with uh, this one LA group that is a wholesaler. And they, for those who don't know what wholesalers are, I mean, the, these groups will flock around a town like Cleveland and they'll buy up properties and hold them for like 30 days. And then they'll try to just flip the title to another person and make a fast profit. They're actually selling the title. They're not selling a developed property. Um, they've been able to pry a property loose, beat it down, buy it on short sale, and then they will then offer that same property within a 30-day period and maybe with a 10, 20% upside. Do you want to describe what wholesalers are in your, from your angle? 
Yeah, for sure. And Mike, I want to uh, also add to that, that sometimes wholesalers don't even take title to a property. So um, I know there's a little bit of a, or maybe a lot of a negative connotation that's going to come with this analogy I'm going to make, but you know how we love our analogies. In many cases, wholesalers are a lot like used car dealers. They will buy something as cheap as they can and then sell it for as much as they can. And their whole business is premised upon that margin. So to you know, add on to what you said, not only are they sometimes holding the properties and then flipping them in 30 days or less, doing little or no work to them, in some cases, they don't even take title to the property. So they get a contract on a property, and during that time before closing, they're shopping that property in hopes that while they got it for 50, they can find someone else to pay them 60 or 70 or, or, or 80 for it, and they never actually take title to the property. They're making their money on striking the deal with the owner, who in many cases is distressed and just looking for a quick out, some quick cash. And that's where they're uh, often making their profit margin. Now, here is where I think there's some value in working with these wholesalers because, and let me switch up your used car model analogy, because one of the things that has frustrated me is that we will see a property in Cleveland Heights near one of our own rentals or in Shaker especially, but more in, in Cleveland Heights. And there's an abandoned vacant house across the street from ours. In fact, I have a couple of those houses just driving me crazy, driving the neighbors crazy. And the house just sits there. It sits there vacant because of whatever, you know, the taxes, the, the county and the city don't have their act together. And it's just sitting there. These wholesalers, well, the ones that we've been working with, have the ability to go in and pry these to the marketplace, allowing for somebody to actually buy them. And that's where I'm noticing the value is. Sure. Yeah. Um, and and a lot of them are just there. Yeah. So what, uh, what a lot of them are doing is they're, they're identifying these properties uh, distressed or otherwise, maybe properties that didn't sell, maybe properties that are, that have different notices filed on them, notice of foreclosures filed on them, tax de delinquent, you know, and so they're, they are digging these properties up and bringing them to market, which of course is a positive in, in neighborhoods. So I didn't want to make it sound like everything about wholesalers is negative. Uh, but, you know, there, you also have to know who you're dealing with. It's a little different dealing with Riley Properties or Mike Ferrante, Cleveland Realtor, than dealing with a wholesaler. It's just a different type of transaction. Uh, but certainly they're out there proactively digging these properties up, mailing letters, making phone calls. And it's something that the average person doesn't have the time or ability to, to do. So I, I, I think that's kind of where you were going with, with that. Right. But you know what's ironic about it? It's, it's not that the average person doesn't have the time to do it, which we all agree on, but the city doesn't have the, uh, the, the city doesn't have the manpower or the ability to uh, spend on getting, you know, a hundred of these foreclosures taken care of. They're, they're overwhelmed now. Yeah. Um, we, we've seen that firsthand with Cleveland Heights. You know, how many times have you approached them about a property and they say, yeah, we know. And then they do nothing about it, you know, not because I'm sure they don't want to, but like you said, they don't have the manpower or time. Their plates are full with inspections and all the other day-to-day -day tasks that they're doing. Right, exactly. And I, I think what's, what's interesting about it, and I hope I can say this the right way uh, so uh, listeners can understand, but here's where we're starting to 
develop a bridge. The wholesaler does not want rental income properties. They want to flip the title. That's, that's, that's right. what they're in. They don't want, they're not interested in uh, return on investment. Yeah, they'll say, yeah, well, we're looking at it. We're looking at it. Maybe, maybe. No, come on. Uh, and I've talked to one of my guys in uh, L.A. about this. Just tell me what you want. All right. You want to flip this contract before you even before you even own it. Right. And so but I would be interested in buying that property. Make it easy for you. You do the heavy lift for me and get that house across the street from my property to me. Get it to me. Then I can then either take that and develop it for my own portfolio, or I can then flip it to um, one of our investors. And everybody wins because, I mean, I've had some conversations three times in the last two, two or three weeks. I've talked to some people who have inquired about our property manager, uh, services, and they're all the same. They bought some dump in a bad neighborhood. And I've told them flat out, you've got to sell this. The market's hot. There's some knucklehead investor out there who will buy you out. You make a nice little flip profit, but get out of that. Get out of that and let us show you a property that you can buy and fix up across the street from ours. Now, everybody wins because if that, right. vacant, that vacant house across the street from me, where we're cutting the lawn just to take some of the sting out of it. If that gets fixed up, all boats on that street rise. That's right. Everybody. Yeah. Go ahead. Well, I was going to say, and the other thing about the locations that we're talking about, everyone knows that the Cleveland market, the investment properties that people are buying, they're buying for cash flow. That said, right now we're seeing appreciation in certain neighborhoods that is unprecedented. Typically, we're a market where there's zero to three percent appreciation per year, but in certain locations, we're seeing five to ten percent appreciation per year. So, not only can you be hitting a home run with cash flow, but if you're finding the right locations, you're also making the long term gain on the appreciation. Right, but you have to know where the action is. Cleveland has pockets that are just white hot now. And sometimes they're so white hot that the appreciation is done with. It's already over, it's already uh, overbought. But there yeah. are pockets, again, my, my neighborhood of Forest Hill, that, that Forest Hill neighborhood, the word's starting to get out. That's the next Tremont. That's the next Ohio City, where those, those areas have already, um, they've already run their course. Now, maybe areas that are adjoining Tremont as it pushes out around it is enjoying uh, an upside because people want to be close to Tremont or they want to be close to Little Italy. So you're seeing that, that push out. But there are neighborhoods right now, I mean, like the Kensington Lee area where my niece lives and we have some other young people. That is becoming a millennial hotspot because it's walking distance to take out food, uh, coffee shops. It's close to University Circle. You've got a lot of residents moving there. So you've got to know as when you're investing in Cleveland, where to be and when to be there to catch both ends, both the appreciation and the uh, cash flow on the rents. Because if it's a hot area that you're going to get renters in there and they're going to pay a premium to rent. So you're going to get a double, double hit there. 
Yeah, I agree 100%. It, it reminds me, and I think I've told this story to you before, but the quick synopsis was the guy from Australia that I met who told me, hey, Mike, I own these five properties. Can you check them out? And I told him and I said, wow, you know, these are some pretty tough areas. The houses are in pretty bad shape. You know, how, how did you come to buy these? And he said, well, I saw the prices and saw the write-up on them. And I thought, how could I lose? Right. And this guy lost his shirt. That, right. You know, how he lost? But wrong areas, poor properties, bad advice, and a guy lost his shirt. Right. Well, we're going to start instituting some new protocols for people because I'm walking a fine line because on the one hand, I don't want to, I don't want to turn away business. I don't want to get a reputation as somebody who's, uh, you know, difficult to work with, which I'm not, I'm not difficult to work with, but I am somebody who's going to tell it like it is. So I'm telling people that are calling now, uh, Hey, check out this property. No, the meter's running. We have yeah, a, the difference is Mike, you know, you, if they want someone who's just going to tell them what they want to hear, that's not you. Right. <laughs> and it's not yeah. me either. You right. know, I, I have people say, Hey Mike, I want to sell this property for 130,000. And I could say, sure, I'll take that listing and put my sign in the yard. And you know, but that's not us. Yeah. I'm going to tell them, sorry, you paid too much for that. It's worth a hundred. Do you still right. want to sell it? And I just, right. that's a literal conversation I had this week. Right. We've got a minimum charge of 150 for the first hour. And we can do a lot for that 150. That's going to be money well spent for any investor. Get them on the phone, get them on a Zoom, share the screen. All right, where are you looking at? Don't, no, don't, don't buy that. You've already bought it, sell it, get rid of it. You know, that's what you're going to get. That is going to be money well spent. Uh, and then yeah. after that, you know, it's 150 an hour for consulting. Um, we can get them into a good, uh, um, you know, some good real estate. And then we can manage it and we can lay out the, um, the expenses, which <laughs> for, for new investors who want to play real estate mogul, uh, this is where they crash into the rocks. It's like they're, they're, they're surfing. They're all excited about surfing in real estate. And all of a sudden they hit these, these hidden shoals that they didn't see, you know, like yep. for example, how much is it going to cost to get this, this house functional? What is the projected uh, repairs that are going to come down the line? I have people that are just shocked um, that they've got to spend maybe upwards of $2,000 a year on repairs. Hey, you know, the dishwasher is going to go. All of a sudden you wake up and the furnace is bad. Well, if you've got a, if you're going to buy a property, you better do your due diligence and understand not only what you have to do to get this house in a rentable shape, but but do an x-ray, do a, a time machine look at what's going to be happening down the road in the next year. And this is where we can add some value. I love that, Mike. I, you know, because the other thing that uh, a lot of people don't think about are those capital expenditures. So I love that analogy. Things like driveways, roofs, furnaces, those don't last forever. So right. Dishwasher, while, washer and dryer. I mean, really. Yeah. So, so having a, uh, in mind, hey, I've got to replace this roof in three years. That's important because if you haven't been budgeting for that, suddenly you put a $8,000 roof on a house and bam, there's your profit for the year. And right. So if you're not prepared for that, that's a big kick in the teeth. Right. Good. Okay. Hey, listen, good recap. Um, we're going we're gonna to cut this down. Uh, Amari's going to edit it and uh, we're going to... Um, uh, 
just put this up and start sending this out to anybody looking for property manager or looking to work with both you and me about buying investment property. So um, again, Mike Ferrante, give me your uh, little plug here, Century 21. Century 21 Homestar, 21 Mike Team, your one-stop shop for buying and selling. Yeah, yeah, very good. Okay, Mike, <laughs> enjoy your day. Um, and folks, we'll be, uh, we'll be uh, we've got another uh, podcast coming up later in the week about how to sell your house um, and take advantage of this uh, hot real estate market. So until then, wear your mask, wash your hands, do your mouthwash, and uh, we'll talk to you next week. Thanks, Mike. Thanks. Take care. Okay. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Cleveland Real Estate Investor Podcast. Find more episodes at riley-properties.com, SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or anywhere you enjoy listening to podcasts.